Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 141. Kind of a, a sad start to today's show. Um, we have some, some NFL topics later on, but we're going to start with the passing of legendary college football coach Bobby Bowden. Uh, there's no really, like, funny or, you know, easy transition into somebody passing away, so... I, as not the college football connoisseur on the show, uh, even know how legendary Bobby Bowden is, uh, but I'm going to pass it off to Ben for just a little bit more context as to what this guy meant to like college football history. Uh, yeah, in his entire coaching career, and then we're talking about um, West Virginia as a head coach, which some people don't know. Bobby Bowden was at West Virginia before he went to, to Florida State. Uh, I actually didn't, you, I didn't know that either, honestly, yeah. Well, if you watch the uh, movie uh, We Are Marshall, mm-hmm. you actually find that out in oh, that okay. movie. Um, but then he obviously went to Florida State where he had most of his prestige. Uh, two national championships, 1993 and 1999. Uh, 12 ACC championships and two ACC Atlantic champion uh, division championships uh, the 1980 Bobby Dodd coach of the year award then they changed it to Walter Camp year uh, coach of the year award in 1991 which he won it and then accumulated a monumental 377 wins Jeez. 129 losses and four ties not to mention, he has 21 bowl game wins, 10 losses, and one tie. He is only second to Joe Paterno in career wins. This guy has coaching prestige for decades and decades. Countless, countless players going pro and... I, I, there's just a lot uh, that he contributed to the game in and on and off the field. Uh, Florida State's probably the prestige it is right now because of Bobby Bowden. And I think um, I think his players would echo those sentiments. Um, and there wasn't really any controversy with him. And uh, it, it it makes me think, uh, you know, I think this is the kind of guy that would be able to navigate those uh, shark-infested waters that, that some of the coaches have to do nowadays uh, just because of his savviness with the uh, media and the way he supported his players uh, each and every year. And I think uh, I'm glad we're taking this time to, to recognize Bob Bowden and what he did, and sad to see him go. Yeah, it wouldn't be much of a sports podcast if we didn't, you know, pay our respects to one of the most legendary coaches ever. And I was actually going to ask you about the whole controversy thing because I don't ever remember hearing anything. I'm not as deep in the weeds of college football as you are, uh, but I don't remember ever hearing any kind of crazy or, or uh, controversy or accusations or inappropriate behavior. Um, this guy just seemed to just get out there on the field and coach, coach his ass off. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm reading it right up now on ESPN.com, and and you know, obviously, you know, 91 lived a full life, uh, and it says he passed away peacefully with all of his children and his mother. Uh, excuse me, not his mother, uh, his wife, uh, his six children and his, and his wife by his side. Second all time in Division One wins. I mean, as respected as it can possibly get in college football. This guy lived one hell of a life. Uh, so I mean, it's 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 always sad when you see a legend of of oh, you see anybody pass away, obviously. But when you see a legend like this, it always I, I don't know. Things just feel a little bit different. College football obviously will go on, and it'll it'll still be something watched by millions of people, tens of millions of people every every Saturday and whatever whatever days they're on. Now it used to be one day a week. It was easy to remember. Now it's Tuesday night, whatever. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's um, 
it's sad, but uh, he went peacefully and uh, lived one hell of a life. So um, rest in peace, Coach Bowden, and um, that's that's all I have. No, yeah, rest in peace, uh, Bobby Bowden. I, I think you know he hasn't been in the league uh, coaching ranks for a while, but you know he absolutely paid his debt. You know, as far as time as a coach and was able to live out the rest of his life peacefully. What do you coach like 60 years? Uh, gotta be. Yeah. Um, now, uh, 39 years from 1970 to 2009. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So moving on. You know I hate you know, Ben. You know how much I hate to be right, right? I mean, you've known uh, me a long time. I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, every time I'm right. correct, I'm like, dang, I should have guessed something else. No, you know, you never, you never are, in, are, are gleefully happy that you're right. No, but I, I believe it's on this podcast. I've said many, many times that Josh Allen was going to be the next superstar to get paid, and boy, did he ever! He got paid. He got paid. 10 times over. Okay. So, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills star quarterback, who I was very hard on the first two years of his career uh, because he couldn't hit water falling out of a boat. I said he was just younger Phillip Rivers. He had to do a lot to change his game and improve. Absolutely put in the work, changed his game, and improved. He's honestly one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch, even though I'm a Patriots fan. The guy's a great player. I can respect the game. I don't have to hate on him just because he's a division rival. But he got paid. The Bills wanting to take no chances, no chances with their with their young star quarterback. Signed a six-year, $258 million deal with $150 million guaranteed. Becomes only the third quarterback ever, player ever, to average $40 million on an annual basis. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott, the other two. Uh, I mean... I don't, I don't, I don't even know what else to say to this. I mean, obviously it's something they had to do. They can't, right. they can't look for a quarterback like this guy for so long, and then finally get him and be like, ah, we're going to try to cheap our way out of this." But my goodness, I mean, I think Stefan Diggs is signed for a few more seasons, so that's good. But we say this every time. We said it with Dallas when there was a massive deal. We said it with the Mahomes deal when the Chiefs had like fourteen dollars in salary cap space. And then they were just signing everybody in a long-term massive deals. There's going to be a time when your franchise has to make really, really, really tough choices. You have Josh Allen now for the next six years. Uh, well, actually, it's an extension, so probably even more than that. But there's going to be a point when maybe you can't sign that really good offensive lineman. You can't re-sign that great defensive player. You can't bring someone in in free agency. I agree with the decision the Bills made to re-sign this guy. I think they should have. They did the right thing. But a salary of this magnitude with that much guaranteed, you just better make sure he is the guy. Yeah, because you're at the nickel and dime at other places. Yes. Um, running back, you're not going to be like – so you're paying Stefan Diggs. You're probably playing some decent money to Cole Beasley. Dawson Knox at some point is going to get some money offensive line. Obviously you need to keep Josh Allen upright and protected in some places. You're going to have to cost cut. Uh, I can think of the chiefs where they cost cut their running back position. They went and got a first round running back out of the draft. And if he doesn't pan out, then they'll, they will look at specific specific positions that can turnover every two or three years to uh, help alleviate that pressure of that huge contract. And I think, but it's the right move. Keeping Josh Allen, especially you've seen the progress from year one to year two, year two, year three. It's almost night and day from when he stepped on the, off the field, this past uh, postseason to when he stepped on the field, first day uh that he started it, it's i i remember distinctly us having conversations uh 
probably first month or two we were doing uh, the podcast that we just were crapping all over Josh Allen. He never was going to be anything. I know I, I, I was crapping all over him. But we did, we did say that, you know, if he improved this, if he improved that, that he could become a better quarterback. I think he has made those leaps and jumps. And what's scary as a Patriots fan is that if he's going to improve even more, I mean, the sky's the limit. And there's someone that uh, plays south of him around the Maryland area that's looking at that contract and saying, yeah, that's the starting point because Lamar, Lamar has an MVP. So, in all reality, they're on um, equal playing fields with the exception Lamar has an MVP. So, realistically, Baltimore, the ball's in your court. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think the Ravens already came out earlier this offseason and said, well, actually, it's not even the offseason anymore. It's, it's We're going with the, the 2021 season now. But they came out and they said they're signing Lamar Jackson. They want to re-sign him. They're going to give him a massive deal. They're working it out. Uh, I definitely said about how Lamar was going to have his mom as the agent, and we were like, "Yeah, why not? Right? No, you can trust her more than you can, you can trust some some stuff shirt from some agency." Um, so, I mean, I he's going to get a massive deal too. Uh, if you had asked me, there's a game last season uh, when when Lamar was out because he tested positive for COVID. Yep. And I believe it was the either no no it was the next the next game after he missed for COVID he came back. Uh, I, I think it was against Cleveland. That team did not look the same when he was out for COVID, and he came back against Cleveland. He looked great, and that was the game he had the uh, like the shoe issue or something. And he went back in the locker room. Everybody kept messing with him, saying he had to run to the bathroom. Uh, and then he came out uh, in the fourth quarter and threw that game-winning touchdown pass. I was I remember just thinking that guy right there just proved with his absence, much like Dak did last year when he got hurt, how valuable he is to this team. Dak got paid. The Bills were smart enough to know we lose free agents all the time. Buffalo brings in good play. It's not the Bills have not struggled for years before this because they didn't draft good players. They've had fine players, talented players. I don't know if they just get cheap when it comes time to sign them, or if 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 certain players just don't like how cold it is in Buffalo. I don't know. I'm not those players. I'm not in their head. But they lose a lot of really good free agents, and. They weren't going to take the chance of losing this guy. So Dak got hurt, got paid. Lamar, you know, got COVID, missed a couple games, proved just how valuable he is. If you're the Bills, you're looking at those guys and going, yeah, this, he's, he's just on the same wavelength. We're not, we can't, we're not taking a chance. We're not letting him get the free agency. We exercise the fifth-year option. We got him for two more years. Then we're going to sign him to a six-year extension. I got him locked up till 2028, assuming the whole contract plays out. Uh, so, good move. And if you're Lamar, you are waking up even happier than you went to bed after seeing this contract because, yeah, you're right. He's going to look at that and go, start there. Yeah, and, and I think this is uh, – that's why, that's why last week um, – I think it was last week or the week before – I talked about – the quarterback situation and how 10 years ago it was you couldn't give us maybe maybe a little bit longer maybe like more like 15 20 years ago but you couldn't you, you'd only had a handful of really good quarterbacks and now it's just these guys are getting paid because of the influence of the college game and the open uh air attack the rpo the ability some of these guys have it's it's phenomenal to see on the field and it's great to see that the talent is is spanned throughout the NFL and it's not just located in one or two areas and I think that's why you have more um, eyes on the NFL why their attendances when everything is all said and done their attendances will be good. Their viewership will be up there with everybody else. And honestly, 
they're innovating faster than most um, most companies. They're they're exclusively giving uh, Amazon Prime the Thursday night football. That is tens of thousands, if not millions, of viewers each week. That all they have to do is turn on their Prime streaming, and boom, that's right there. Yep. Uh, now, there are, each each sport has their own way of, of doing things, but I, I think as we look forward, the biggest thing that they need to do uh, as a collective as the NFL is now that they have these, these star players, they need to make sure that they keep pushing them to the front, uh, the forefronts. Um, make sure Lamar, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, those are the faces of the franchise because – as much as we respect, respect Tom Brady, um, as much as we respect Aaron Rodgers on the field, let me make sure I emphasize that. And to a lesser extent, Russell William, Wilson, um, I think you need to start pushing these other guys to the forefront and kind of make them the faces of the league uh, because they're the they're making the big bucks, and it's only going to provide more for the other players in the league. Well, that's why you look at like Madden, Madden cover this year. They had, they had Mahomes and Brady. Right. I mean, that's not, that's not by accident. This is, this is all marketing. This is so you can say, Hey, we know how great as Brady is as much as he'd probably love to play forever, you know, have cyborg Brady playing in a hundred years. Uh, it's, it's not possible. And this kid is already absolutely one of the faces of the league, but we're going to put him on the cover Equal equal billing as Tom Brady, so now everyone's going to see who already didn't see, which is probably not very many people. Honestly, everybody already knew how great Mahomes was. Is um, they're going to see Mahomes on equal equal billing as Tom Brady. So okay, when Brady goes, now people know. Okay, Mahomes is the guy. Um, right. Not that you need to do anything more than watch him play a single game to know that, but then you have guys like Josh Allen who you know finished second in MVP voting last year. I mean, it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers having the last really you know, had a couple big weeks in the end, we were saying if Allen did it and Rodgers didn't, Allen could swing it in his favor. So, I mean, I don't I don't think you could – I mean, if you're going to start a franchise right now and you're not a Bills fan and you were to say Mahomes, Allen, I think the majority of people would probably still take Mahomes. But the way Allen played last year and leaped, uh, leaped uh, talent-wise from his second year to his third year, you touched on this earlier. If he keeps going and just keeps improving, keeps getting better – it will not be long before you have Mahomes, Allen, maybe a guy like Herbert throwing in there. We'll see what he does in the second year. Who knows? Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, the guys who came in this year. Hopefully, as a Patriots fan, Mac Jones. Who knows? Um, right. But, I mean, you, you have the guy. You have the old guard. You have the new guard. And you have guys who are really coming up. Quarterback play has never in my lifetime been at a higher level. It, there, there's backups out there who can't even think about breaking in or going to a different team because so many of the starters are awesome. Right. So. Absolutely right. Allen was not the only massive contract, however, with this past week. Pro Bowl superstar linebacker Darius Leonard of the Colts got paid as well. Five years, I believe it was just under $100 million. Yep, five years, $99.25 million. I think the guarantee is somewhere around 40. Pretty sure. I had it right here. Uh, and then it, the page uh, skipped away on me here. I'm pretty sure it's near 40. Um, makes sense. I mean, look, the Colts know what they're going to be. The Colts know they have. These aren't the Peyton Manning Colts who can go out and score 40 points a game anymore. They need a good offensive line, a good running game, and they need to keep the defense solid. This does that. Uh, they, you know, who knows what – there's always talk about them trading for a quarterback now that Carson Wentz got hurt again. Uh, Carson Wentz was not being brought in to be Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. He was being brought in to be a good, solid game manager. Uh, they have uh, uh, Taylor, uh, who they just drafted last year. Looks awesome. Looked, just his rookie year. Looked like one of the better running backs in the league. They have a solid offensive line. Uh, could be, you know, top five, even maybe even better. 
in the whole league from year to year. That defense was incredible last year. They just want to build on that. They know they have to keep it together, and, and anybody will tell you how valuable a good linebacker is in the core of a defense. They are pretty much the, essentially the quarterback of the defense. And, you know, you have the cap room. You didn't really spend a whole lot on free agency. There's absolutely no reason to let this guy get the free agency and take a chance. Lock him up now. Good move. Yeah, and it really – he's the heartbeat of the defense. Yep. They felt it when they missed him last year. I think he missed a period of time. Um, but he's a guy who wants to be – I'm sorry, he missed uh, a period of time two years ago, just a few games, but still – he is the heartbeat of the defense. He, you know, you can add all the ancillary pieces. They traded for, what was it? Uh, Eric Armstead, I think last year. Uh, like just, he wants to be the best. Now he talked about, I think he talked about having some sort of crazy stats this year, this past, uh, last year, um, obviously before everything hit. He talks a big game, but he backs it up on yeah. the field. And he's, uh, you know, uh, again, other than Green Greenlaw, I think it is with the Niners, other than him, I think um, Darius is probably one of the best linebackers in the game. And because he's sideline to sideline, he can cover running backs, he can cover tight ends, obviously – he can penetrate into the backfield and, and make plays that, you know, pass rushing uh, linebackers can make, but maybe not middle linebackers, which I think he primarily plays. Um, but it's a great, great move. I'm sorry. It's Fred Warner that Fred Warner, I think is the linebacker I was talking about. From oh, San Fran. Yeah. The guy just got paid. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, it's it's one of the linebackers from San Francisco. No, it's I, I can't. Right. Okay. Um. And, and I, my concern, if I were a Colts fan, would be the quarterback position again for fourth year straight. I would say because that would even count the years that they had luck was a question. They had one. He had one good season, but realistically. It would have it would have been a still a concern going into the season for me as a Colts fan if I were one. Uh, let me make it very clear: I am not a Colts fan. Thank God for that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Colts fans, had to had to take that shot. Uh, but that would be the biggest concern, and it's been a concern for many years. Yeah, I understand they thought they had stability stability in Aaron, uh, Andrew Luck, um, bringing in Philip Rivers. I mean, I understand the move, but you didn't really try to give uh, was it Jacob Eason? Yeah, Jacob Eason a, an opportunity to forge ahead into the spot, and then you went and traded for Carson Wentz. It seems like if you look at it, Chris, kind of what the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills did for many years. They were just kind of like picking here and there and this spot and this spot to kind of get a quarterback, bring in a retread, bring in a betcher and bring in, they're just kind of throwing whatever they can at it. And, you know, they don't, they never had the true opportunity in the past recent years to be absolutely terrible, get the first pick in the draft and then take their opportunity there. But in all honesty, I think they could have, if they put enough, a cobbled enough together, they could have potentially moved up in the draft to try to get one of those four or five guys this year if they re if they really wanted to. Yeah, I mean, and, and they have the cap room, and it looks like I mean they're gonna. I mean, Wentz has a healthy salary, but they won't they don't they won't have any dead cap because the dead cap all fell on the Philadelphia Eagles. So if they decide to cut bait with them, they got a lot of money back. Well, not back, but to get, you know, it comes out to cap for the following season. I mean, I don't understand at this point. You texted me the other day and said, Philip Rivers contemplating coming out of retirement. Yeah. And I said, for who? And you said, I would have to assume the Colts. And I, if, if I'm 
you know, the Colts front office. That just makes no sense. They drafted Jacob Eason, I believe, in the fourth round last year. They drafted Sam Ellinger in the sixth round this year. Let one of these let these kids compete for the job and see what they can do. I mean, what are you going to do? Trade for Nick Foles? We're going to try that again? I mean, he had some magic, obviously, back in Super Bowl 52. But I, I think the Foles luck train has, has, you know, gone off the tracks. They didn't do anything in Chicago. Uh, you can try to trade for a backup, or you can stay in-house with your own cheap young option. And you don't you don't need to have a Tom Brady in his prime out there. You don't need to have another Peyton Manning. With your running game, your line, and your defense, you need somebody who's going to make good throws when the time comes and not turn the ball over. Maybe one of these kids is the answer. Maybe one. Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Dak Prescott was a fourth-round pick. Russell Wilson, I believe, was a fourth-round pick. Like these are these are superstars. Maybe this Ellinger kid is, and I hope he is, because I just pulled an autograph of his the other day, a rookie card out of one of a, a pack I got. That's beside the point. Um, that's just a little, you know, hope on my my greed on my end. Um, but realistically, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, we're going to sign up for Philip Rivers again? Like, this guy wasn't clutching his prime. I'm sorry. I, I know he's a really, really nice stat collector. And, and you know, but... A tough guy. I remember that game when he had a torn ACL in the AFC Championship against the Patriots. Tough dude. Uh, I don't mean any disrespect by this, but he's not like he's not this great clutch quarterback everybody likes to paint him out to be. He's a really nice stat collector for a really long time. Most of the time when it came down to a clutch throw, he got picked off. He didn't get the job done. You know, Rivers fans out there don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. And he's not the answer. You know, I, I, Wentz might be if he can stay on the field. Wentz is still young. With all his injuries in, in the trade, people seem to think, think this guy's like 35. Dude's still in his 20s. Pretty sure. But if he can't stay healthy, it doesn't matter. We said that with the Eagles wide receivers a couple years ago. Like, oh, well, this guy isn't as talented as that guy. Well, the guy who can play on the field is a lot more talented than a guy who can't play on the field. On paper, it doesn't matter. So... Give Eason or Ellinger a shot, see what they can do, and what's the damage if they end up losing a couple of games and then you have to go get somebody else or Wentz comes back and he does well or he doesn't do well. You haven't lost any draft picks. You haven't spent any extra money, and you're right right where you would have been anyways. There's nothing to lose. Give one of these kids a shot and stop trying to make a move just to make a move. And and I agree with you as far as giving these kids an opportunity. It, I just, you know, Eason's been in the league one year. Uh, this is Sam Alligator's rookie season. I, I just, I get the perspective of you have a team that could potentially win now. But you just lost your, your starting quarterback that you were hoping – to revive do you really want to spend more cap on a veteran quarterback who may or may not be informed to play or go out and get some retread from the trash heap or do you want to give a kid an opportunity goes through some growing pains and maybe just maybe you can pull out half dozen victories throughout the beginning part of the season and maybe Carson does come back and maybe they can make a late charge uh, into the playoffs whether it's as a, a wild card spot you know it, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter this year at this point what the Colts are going to do it's it's a tough road because they're looking at the Tennessee Titans and they're saying they have AJ Brown they have Julio Jones, they have Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. That's their offense. That is a formidable offense. And if Mike Rabel does anything with that defense that takes them from the absolute turd they were pretty much all last year to <laughs> something better sorry. this year. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that's a great line. I, I don't want to cut you off. I just want to say no one else can see you right now. 
But you just deadpan right in the camera were like the absolute turd they were last year. <laughs> like Walter Cronkite. Dude, I couldn't. Oh, my God. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Please continue with the turd talk. No, no that's okay. But um, if they if they think even at their best, uh, they were going to be able to overtake the Titans, I would just push back a little bit you're less secure in the quarterback position, even if he was fully healthy. Yes. Than the Tennessee Titans are. You're less secure at the running back position because as much as we like Taylor, uh, if Marlon Max there, Naheem Hines, I understand collectively as a group, they're probably uh, equal to what Derrick Henry is, but Derrick Henry is a force. And just look at all the memes he had last year of, trucking different defenders one hand stiff arm up in the air and now you're adding julio jones to aj brown who aj brown is almost uncoverable one-on-one and even if he catches it in a, a slip screen or a short little slant in the guy can take it Absolutely. and now julio jones is there and I understand they lost John U. Smith. But John U. Smith did not make the engine go. The engine went how Derrick Henry went. So Right. I just look at the Colts and say, try your best with one of these two kids. See who the better one is through the rest of uh, training camp, through the rest to all the preseason games. You have – you're going to have at least, what, two, three preseason games to give them a crack. Yep. See which one's the best. Um, you know, Jacob Beeson's a little more of a pocket quarterback, while uh, Sam Alger's a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. It all depends on how what game you want to play. And if you're playing um, – and I think if just, just thinking back to what Carson did in, in Philly and uh, what's his name, the head coach – for the Colts right now. Frank Reich, I think they might lean more towards Sam Ellinger with that more mobile kind of spread out offense where Jacob Eason might be a sitting duck. Well, they have a good it's, offensive line and running game. I mean, he might not be that much of a sitting duck. Yeah, but if he can't process it as quickly as they want him to, having a guy who's mobile might be the better – Oh, Shorts. sure, sure. And, and you brought up a very good point. Um, there's, there was no guarantee, even if Wentz was fully healthy, what he was going to be. People have this idea he's a perennial pro bowler. We're talking Carson Wentz. We're not talking Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. Uh, we're not talking guy who is a perennial star. We're talking about a guy who came in the league, looked okay, had an MVP caliber season, Somehow, and I always say this whenever I talk about this, somehow Torres ACL in the air, which is might be his greatest accomplishment. I say that jokingly, of course. He was a good player at the time. Uh, got hurt, and it's never been the same since. I mean, I think his numbers are a little bit better than he gets credit for the last couple seasons, uh, but the team itself, the Eagles, was a mess. So he kind of takes – gets kind of points against his accomplishments for that. But uh, this isn't a guy who was like – an absolute stud from the word go. He was a high draft pick who, you know, high potential, performed at a high level, got the extension, and then he's either played subpar or been injured. So it's not like if you're the Colts, the thought of having used Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger from the beginning wasn't a possibility. So what changes now? You can't use Wentz. Use one of them and see what they have. Worst case scenario, they got nothing. And you use, you go back to Wentz. Maybe he sucks too. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. Who knows? Worst case, your team's not good. You get a high draft pick. Pick another quarterback. Release those guys and move on. Like I know it's not ideal, but it's a situation you're in. You took these young kids for a reason. You didn't think they were schmucks. So you wouldn't have drafted them. So give them a chance to see what they can do. Maybe nothing. Maybe they'll be a pro bowler. Maybe they'll be a mediocre quarterback for 10 years. You don't know if you don't put them on the field and see. So stop. Stop trying 
to, you know, I, I know they're in win now mode, but sometimes less is more. Sometimes just using your in-house options is better. I'm going to use a baseball analogy here. People are upset that the Red Sox didn't go out and get a stud starting pitcher at the trade deadline. Well, they have one who's ready to come back this weekend in Chris Sale. I know it's a little bit different, and he's going to have to stretch out and, and get his arm back. He used to throw in a lot of pitches and a lot of innings. But they didn't want to go give up and mortgage your future for the short term when they had a solution in-house. Maybe it won't work out. Maybe it will. We'll find out when he steps onto the field. But teams do this way too often, and it usually never works out. Yeah, and I, I, I think by midseason we'll know what the Colts are, and we'll be able to project out the rest of the season what it's going to look like. And I just think you don't have a second-round pick. I, I, I just looked up. Um, so you basically just have your first and then all the way your third. So basically, if I'm the Colts, I look at this, and, and, and let's be real, Colts fans. It wouldn't be the first time you sucked for someone. Because I remember the old, the old chant a few years wow, back. Wow, that could be taken in a lot of different contexts. Yeah, but I think they know the context I'm talking about. I suck hope for so. Luck. Yeah. Suck for luck. Yeah, so they they have no problem being absolutely terrible for a quarterback. Uh, and without looking at the actual prospects yet, I don't know who would be the best in line for them. I do know there's not a Trevor Lawrence. Not yet, at least. Because Joe Burrow wasn't Joe Burrow until he had his epic season. So there is the possibility that someone rises. There's always someone's going to rise to the top. So if I'm the Colts, I just understand that you may have to take a beating for one season be absolutely terrible to get that quarterback. You know, the Jets did it last year. Not well Jackson, enough. Not well Jackson, enough. I know. Jacksonville didn't even have to try. They just were that bad. And I just. Jacksonville manages players like a seven-year-old playing Madden. Oh, I have someone ranked to 93. I better trade them for a couple first-round picks. I'll oh, bring this guy in. Oh, I better trade them for a couple first-round picks. It's like. If you kept all your players and can manage your cap, right. you probably have a perennial contender right now, but you can't. So your great team from four or five years ago is now playing all around the league. Even Blake Bortles. No, I said great players. Oh, sorry. 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 All right. Speaking of at least potential future great players, uh, this isn't a deep dive topic, but it was something that, of note that you managed, you told me throughout the week. Yeah, uh, the Cowboys are going to be lining up C.D. Lamb on the outside, or at least they are. <laughs> they are in training camp. Yeah, uh, this could be really big. This kid showed a ton of talent last year. We know how good he can be. Uh, if he can stay healthy, especially if Dak stays healthy, and by the way, even with the Cowboys' hodgepodge of backups, C.D. Lamb still put together a pretty nice season. If you have a quarterback the caliber of Dak Prescott throwing to a receiver the potential caliber of C.D. Lamb, you could, if you're Amari Cooper, find yourself expendable for one. Uh, and two, you could have a top duo on your hands here. You know, you're, you're looking at, uh, you know, like, um, you got like Tyreek Hill and Mahomes. Yeah. You got Diggs and Allen up in Buffalo. Right. Uh, I would assume, if everybody can stay healthy, Herbert and, and, and Keenan Allen will be in that category, you would think. Uh, Burrow and one of his nine receivers that he can throw to uh, because that's all they draft. They don't need offensive linemen, apparently. Uh, and those last two, Herbert and Burrow and their their counterpart, are just assumptions on my part. Then you have uh, Russell Wilson and, and, and I'd say Metcalf, actually. I would say Metcalf, too. Yeah. Uh, and then you're going to be looking at, you could have right at the top of that list, Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb. Uh, the move to the outside gives him so many more options route-wise, and he has the talent to run those routes properly. It, you can get C.D. Lamb in a respectable round in your fantasy draft. Absolutely do it. This kid could be huge. 
And I think the one thing I have to push back on is uh, the odd man out being Amari Cooper. Actually, I think the odd man out would might be Michael Gallup because Gallup hasn't gotten paid yet. I think he's in the last year of his, uh, his contract. And I think this move is to show what Michael Gallup could have been and what CeeDee Lamb will probably be. And then just either move Amari Cooper to the opposite side of, of CeeDee Lamb or it's not crazy, but Amari Cooper playing the slot. It's not out Which of the Which may be a more effective spot for him, honestly. He's not he's not a yards after the catch kind of guy. He catches the ball in volume. Like realistically, I'd rather feel more comfortable throwing the ball to Mari Cooper at the sticks than trying to hope he he runs the correct route on the outside or runs a deep in or a, a post pattern. Like I'd rather Mari run a curl route to the to the sticks, stay there, and if you're open, I'll hit you. If you're not, I'll move on to somebody else. Because quite frankly, I mean, it's a running joke, but he just disappears way too much for my liking. But hey, he plays three games co- a year, and then the rest of the year he's two for ten. And usually they're against the Washington Redskins, uh, Washington football team. There you go. Yeah, I didn't necessarily mean like they would actually release him, although they they, they could. They could save themselves the money because we all know those big contracts. Oftentimes, with the exception of the guarantee, are backloaded. They could save themselves twenty plus million over the next couple of years a season, which could go towards paying their other exorbitant contracts. Have a CD Lamb as the guy, and Michael Gallup. Well, I think Michael Gallup, much like a guy like MVS in Green Bay, is criminally underused. Could ha- you could have the two of them? I don't look. I don't wish harm on Amari Cooper. I think he's overrated on the field, but I don't wish him any harm. I don't have anything personal against him. If he were to miss time, however, if you just say something minorly, he sprains an ankle. I don't want to jinx him. Uh, you could see like a C.D. Lamb and a Michael Gallup, along with a Zeke Elliott and a decent offensive line, really, really be good weapons for Dak Prescott. Uh, Lamb could be a top five receiver on the outside. Could be. I know he's got to crack that and actually show he can do it before before it counts, but he could be. Mario Cooper's well, not going to be. He's not going to be out there. So if you got yeah. Gallup to compliment Lamb, you can save yourself some money. Price sign Gallup to an extension a lot cheaper as long as you see enough. Let Cooper move on. Let somebody else overpay him. And then you got some cap room and your receiving core set. And... You know, your point about Amari Cooper, you know, after this season, he's only $6 million in dead cap for the following three seasons total. So it wouldn't be, at, you know, actually it wouldn't be out of their own possibility for them to um, let him walk into the sunset, especially if he's not producing. I will say for all the crap we give Amari Cooper, and we, we do give him a lot of crap. The guy hasn't missed many games. Um, at a 93 possible game start, he has started 86 of them. So awesome! There's there's something <laughs> he to, hasn't I, missed any game many games, but he's missed a lot of games. If you know what I, I mean. mean like, there's something to say to that, Chris. There really is. There's something to say that you know. But he also hasn't topped 10 touchdowns ever in a season which is just par par for the course of Amari Cooper and his, as you pointed out, three games that he shows up for, and that's it. So I I would see – I see the potential in CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott connection, just growing that offense. And then, of course, it unleashes the ability for Zeke Elliott to – run ruck shot because then you have to worry about that deep ball the cd lamb is he's a blazer he is fast all right so last on the list here today we have the 2021 hall of fame induction which occurred uh this past weekend 
Uh, people were actually allowed to be there, which is nice. That's good. Uh, I believe they did the 2020 induction as well. I think yeah. they did before. Uh, we've already went over those players last year, so we're not going to focus too much on that. Uh, but, I mean, some really, really big class, loaded class. You had Peyton Manning. I mean, I don't need to say much else besides Peyton Manning. People know why he's there. John Lynch, tremendous defender for many, many years, and current GM of the Niners, I believe. Uh, I know know he's with the Niners. I'm not sure if he's actually GM, what role he has. But uh, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, uh, his career was cut short. Well, he retired. uh, But, man, he he looked like he was on pace for an all-time great receiving career. Absolute monster. Uh, Alan Fanica, great, great guard for the Steelers for many years. Uh, And I'm pretty sure that's it, right, Ben? Uh, no, Tom Flores, coach uh, for the Raiders, he got inducted. Uh, Drew, Drew Pearson as well, and that's it. There was nobody else. Well, I mean, there's the most. No, no, there's no one else. That was it. That was the whole class. No, there's more. There's one that's <laughs> more important than all the rest. Oh, of Oh, Jesus! Listen to you, Captain Nepotism. Number number twenty four from the University of Michigan, Charles Woodson. And, of course, I'm just giving Ben crap. Charles Woodson, one of the great defenders of all time. Uh, also, Ben's favorite player. I believe the reason he's a Michigan Wolverines fan. Correct. Uh, so, I'm just, obviously, no disrespect to Mr. Woodson. Just a uh, just a joke on my part. Uh, but, um, yeah, what a loaded class, though. I it mean, is. Uh, it, I mean, <laughs> even the people who inducted these guys would have made a hell of a team. I mean, Peyton inducted by his father, Archie, who, you know, would – Came from an era where stats weren't what they are now. So you look at his numbers, they're not crazy impressive, but a good leader doesn't always have great numbers. Look at a lot of Major League Baseball catchers. Uh, uh, John Lynch's son, I don't I don't believe he plays, uh, but Herm Edwards also uh, inducted John Lynch. Uh, Derek Moore, Calvin Johnson's Lions teammate, very good receiver for quite some time. Heinz Ward, a legendary Steelers receiver, inducted Alan Fanica. And uh, Charles Woodson's mom inducted him, which is also, I find that pretty cool. So, um, yeah, man, loaded class, uh, very deserving class. I know you're not the biggest Peyton Manning fan in the world, but you can't deny he belongs here. Uh, I know you don't like his commercials, but um, Papa John's and everything else aside, (laughs) on the field, he was a hell of a talent. Uh, Obviously, John Lynch, one of the most feared, feared hitters. I mean, I... This guy, I don't think he was a dirty player, but he hit hard. Can you imagine how many penalties this guy would have just for clean hits these days? He'd be, he'd be, he would have been, he would have been more fine than Rodney Harrison was. And, and I, I, just because he hit so hard, it always sounded like a, like a car wreck every time this guy hit somebody. But, um, you know, Woodson, well, I mean, one of the great defenders, corners, and I mean, safety for a while yep. in NFL history. Uh, I believe one of the, if not the only, defensive player to win the uh, Heisman. I, I, you have to be very specific on that uh, on the wording. He is the only defensive player that primarily played defense. Because oh, technically, some two-way players. Won. Okay. Yes, some two-way players. They lean more offense than defense. Whereas Charles dabbled a little bit in wide receiver, dabbled a little bit in punt returns. But primary, that's why it's it's very specific wording of defend, primary defensive. But yes, primarily he's a defensive only player to ever win the Heisman. And I would push back to any of the people who claim that Peyton Manning should have won that year. Uh, I don't remember seeing Peyton Manning in the national championship game, but hey. I thought he yeah. won the national chip. I thought he did. Charles won. Uh, they code. I think they code a uh, championship with um, with Nebraska. I could have sworn Peyton Manning did win the national title. Huh, okay, I might be misremember. You obviously you know far better than I would. You're way, way, way more into college football, but so I expected a full like 10, 15 minute diatribe on Charles Woodson here. You got anything else or? No, no, I'm also not like feeling 100. percent Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, um, 
if anyone wants to hear my 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 spiel about Charles Woodson, we did a top five last year about it, and that's just he, he in my eyes he is one of the the greatest players to ever step on the field. Um, and and yeah, I'm I'm just at loss for thought right now. I'm. I'm there's for me there's two guys i think of when i think of defensive players who obviously they're not in on every play but they seem to be in on every play throughout my lifetime uh there's been a lot i've seen a lot of great defensive players i don't mean to slight anybody but the two i always think of that come to mind when you say they're just they're always where the ball is uh ray lewis and charles woodson um Again, there's as a Patriots fan, you had guys like Ty Law, who was tremendous. Uh, you've had other great corners, other great linebackers, but there's there's a reason why there's very, very, very good to great, and then there's top level upper echelon. And guys like Lewis and Woodson belong top level upper echelon for a reason, uh, and it's it's uh, unfortunately. Those guys, they can't play forever because you just you love watching them play. I mean, I was never a, a, a Ray Lewis fan while he was playing because he usually beat the crap out of my team. But I can respect it a little more now that he's retired. I can go back and go, God, man, was he good. Um, can't, can't hate the game. Can't hate the game. Can't hate the talent. But uh, so Just to clean up, um, the uh, Tennessee Volunteers lost – to the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and then well, that's Michigan. Embarrassing. That's embarrassing. And then Michigan beat Washington State, uh, so they that's why they code okay. national championship. Uh, volunteers would have been the outright if they had uh, beaten or Michigan and Michigan lost. So and funny is Peyton Manning lost to. Nebraska, and then Ryan Leaf lost to Michigan, and both ended up getting drafted very high. Well, we know who got well, the better end of that deal. That's right, right. We know who won that one. Know who got the better end of that one? I don't remember seeing Ryan Leaf on any Hall of Fame discussions. I remember seeing him on the news a few times, and not for good reasons. But we'll we'll, we'll end on that note. Yeah. Um, maybe the Hall of Fame of draft draft pick busts. Uh, which I believe he's number one. We also did a, we also did a list on that, so you can go back and listen to our our, our praise of Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell and many other so called greats. But thank you so much for listening to episode one forty one. If you have any questions or comments on this episode, past episodes, or anything else sports related, Ben and I'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at bctspod, Facebook Ben and Chris Talk Sports, or the website bctspod.com. And Instagram at Ben Chris Talk Sports. <coughs> ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. Oh, thank you. I forgot. That's all right. It's all right. We usually only did the other three for a while, but Instagram seems to be the one we have the best luck with. So let's let's push that to the moon. Downloads continue to do very well. Thank you very much for that. If you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, and tell a friend. Greatly appreciate the support. Word of mouth is a great way to get the word out. Until next time, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.